Blog Talk Radio. of the station said, you know, this is it. We are uh, now a media 
generation. And from now on, it will be video. Uh, of course, there'll still be some print, you know, printed material, etc. But nothing can compete with what we're able to do with uh, even with our cell phones. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I was going to ask you: Does the blog blog talk post uh, on your website is that able to embed video? Oh yeah. Oh, oh absolutely, cool. and so simple. Yeah, you just uh, you go to YouTube, you hit uh, share, and then you click on embed. It gives you the embed code. You copy that, and bingo, That's you put cool, it into your blog, and it pops right up. But those who are listening, let's say they're listening on the phone. Of course, they can't see it on. The, well, I don't know. Could could they see it on a on a smartphone? Well, if we. If the day ever comes when we want to get there, don't we, when we can do uh, hangouts and people can just not only hear us, but they can actually see us and we can actually save them to YouTube. Um, uh-huh. that, that day is coming. So, yeah, we're going to be able to do that hopefully soon. But in um, the meantime, no, what I'm talking about is um, going into my blog. You're right. I'm sorry. I was thinking my uh, my AWeber, um, my, uh, my WordPress um, blog, no, you're right. On the Blog Talk Radio, what you are able to do is upload a file, and it's cool. virtually the same thing. Yeah. Well, so, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a dinosaur. I don't understand this stuff. I don't uh, know. You know, you say that, and then I saw that video. I mean, are you kidding me? That is so technically astute. I mean, you know, why don't you tell us how? Can you tell us some of your secrets? How you laid that down and everything? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you and all your listeners are going to be the only people in the world to know how I because it is a big secret and it just shh, don't. Okay. Um, really, I'm, I consider myself in, uh, well, I used to be in kindergarten with regards to video editing, but now I, I guess I've graduated to first grade because um, my video is probably something that any teenager who is familiar with Final Cut, that's the program, uh, could do. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I tried. I tried to learn Final Cut. I, you know, you give yourself a little credit. That is, that is way more difficult than something like iMovie. That is, you know, you got to spend some hours on that to do that. Yes, you do. But um, I don't. I'm not familiar with iMovie. But I will tell you how I did it. Okay. Much of it was okay. done with green screen, and people that are very familiar with um, any kind of, you know, elementary video editing knows about green screen where you shoot something in front of a big green screen. It's also called green screen. Um, right. And put it in your editing program, The green, anything that's green drops out. So, oh, um, okay. Yeah, so I shot myself and uh, the kids. I, I, should, I should let those people who have not seen the video, which is about seven, seven billion people in the world who have not seen it, um, what it is is... <laughs> My song, Three Butterflies, which is uh, can work on many levels. It's for children and families, and it's about it's based on a German folk tale, and it's about mm-hmm. three butterflies that are really good friends: a red one, a yellow one, and a white one. And they're really good friends, and they love to fly around together and play. And then suddenly one day it starts to rain, and they're getting all pelted with rain and all soaking wet, and uh, they're looking for shelter. So they go to a red and yellow flower and say, can we come in and, you know, get out of the rain? And that flower says, well, I only like my kind, so the red and yellow butterflies can come in, but the other one has to stay out. 
And they said, no, 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 we're friends. We love each other. We want to stay together. So they fly away in the rain, and they come upon a white flower, a lily. And they ask the same question, and the lily responds in the same way. I only like my kind, so the white one can come in, and the rest of you have to stay out. And they reply in the same way. They say, we love each other. We want to stay together. So they fly away, and they're all dejected, and they're getting wetter and wetter, and they're grounded and soaked, and they're sad. And the sun comes uh, peeking up behind the clouds and sees what's going on, and he just loves the way that they're devoted to each other and loyal to each other. So he blows away the clouds and gets rid of the rain, and the sun is shining and dries up all the rain, and the butterflies get happy again, and they said, well, let's all go home. So they fly away home, and they said, we will keep the door wide open, and everyone is welcome. So nice. it works the children's fable, but it also works on a, you know, a deeper level, uh, t- speaking about discrimination and bigotry and exclusion and that kind of thing, bullying. Um, well, you know, just, I, I think the fact, yeah, excuse me, just a minute, but I think the fact that it, how old a song, a couple of hundred years maybe, or? You know, I don't really know. I did not really research it that deeply, but it has been made into a book or a story, and I just loved it. And I just sort of discovered, stumbled upon the story when I was actually filming another video. I had to get permission from this person whose backyard I wanted to film in, and uh, we got to talking, and she said, oh, there's a really charming story, and she told me about it. And I said, wow, that would make a great song and a great video. So I wrote the song first, and then, uh, the, you know, it does. It makes a fabulous video because it's so visual. It has a lot of visual images in it. So that's how the start of it came about. And then the actual technical aspects of it, besides the green screening, uh, well, to explain the green screening, I just shot myself and the children who were the butterflies. I decided I wanted to have not only butterflies, but have children become the butterflies, or the butterflies become children. So I filmed in front of the green screen. And then I actually made puppets. Uh, yeah, I, I know that was the part I wanted to get to, and that yeah. didn't didn't take uh, that you know didn't take an insufficient amount of time. It took a considerable amount of time. The whole video took over a year to make um, because you know I don't do this full time, and I had to do it in my spare time between my music work and everything else, and you know eating and cooking and things like that. Um, so it did take a long time, but yeah, technically it was complicated. The most complicated video I've ever done. So I, yeah, well, it shows. And, and guess what? <laughs> How am I Go going ahead. to manipulate butterflies? I can't shoot real butterflies. They're not going to do what I say. They will take direction. <laughs> that's, that's, they've been known for that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you almost became like the uh, Jim Henson kind of. You've had to figure out how to build. I mean, <laughs> and what do you do? Do you YouTube uh, puppet building? I mean, because you, you do have to mechanically make them move, right? Uh, let's see. How many questions do you uh, – let me see. What order <laughs> shall I answer your question? <laughs> I like it when politicians are asked like that, and they say, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, I did not research how to make puppets because these were unconventional puppets, so I figured I'm going to – you know, I'm sure somebody else could have figured it out faster and easier – maybe an easier way to do it, but I figured, oh, I've got to figure out my own self. So what I did 
uh, was I said, okay, I have to be realistic. I don't want to make them out of cloth or something. I really want them to look like real butterflies. So I went online and I found pictures of all these beautiful butterflies and then printed them out on paper because they had uh. to move butterflies. They had to flap their wings like butterflies. Right, right. So, uh, so I was doing a lot of experimenting, and just regular paper didn't do it. You know, it, it was not stiff enough, and right. they flapped. You'd see the back of the paper, which is white. So what I had to do was I had to flip the image, photocopy in color, uh, one image on one side of the paper and the flipped image on the back side of the paper and make sure that they lined up perfectly. And the paper mm-hmm. that I used had to be stiff enough, and I experimented with all kinds of papers, stiff enough so that um, you know, it wouldn't be floppy, but, but flexible enough so that it wouldn't be like cardboard or poster board. Right, right. So I found that in vellum, which is perfect because it's, trans- it's translucent. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, okay, also, sure. Yeah, yeah, it had this really nice quality. So that became the butterflies, and I made a whole bunch of made of 18 of them, and then then I had to figure out how to manipulate them. Yeah, okay. well, that's the part I was, one of the questions I was, was buried in my my uh, incessant questioning there. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, how did you manipulate them? Because yeah, they, they really, you know, I, I would have thought that you had, again, taken or edited some kind of pre-existing video because they look so so real. Yeah, somebody, I just was uh, meeting up with the guy who played The Sun. Yesterday we had a gig where he works, and he, he asked the same question, how did you do those butterflies? Um, and he thought that I did a stop-motion kind of thing where you just take a picture of a butterfly and then with its wings up and then wings down. That would have dro- driven me insane. That, that's just <laughs> that way. Um, no, so what I did was that I, I found wire and it had whatever rod i used had to be again stiff enough so that it didn't flop but not so stiff that it wouldn't make the butterfly flap so i found it in gardening wire uh at a craft craft store and i just taped it to the underside of the butterfly so that when i shot the butterflies in front of a green screen and i had to do multiple shots i had to have the butterfly fly left fly right fly towards me fly away from me you know, be upright, you know, multiple shots of each butterfly. And sure. uh, so that when I shot it and then put it into the program and then got rid of, uh, did the chroma key thing, that the background would drop out and the rod, the green rod would drop out. And so that's cool. basically, um, and then the yeah. rest, the actual moving from, you know, left to right of the screen was done in the editing process. Did, uh, did you use a professional studio, or did you, do you have a studio? I have a professional studio in my home. It's very professional. I use a mat board. <laughs> I just <laughs> board and some um, lights that I had bought, and just propped yeah. it up. My I recruited my husband, you know, Stephen, and another yeah. uh, children's artist, Janice Buckner, to be the puppeteers while I filmed. And sometimes I was a puppeteer while they filmed. And just had them shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot. We just shot like several days, all the butterflies. Uh, it's, wow. it's quite a. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean and so, so you projected 
you projected the the background. You projected that on as a green screen. Is that how you no, no did that part? Not, no, no oh. projection. I just set up the green screen, which in this case was a piece of mat board, green mat board. I just propped it oh. up and put the butterflies in front of it, and we just sort of flapped the butterflies in front of the green screen, and I shot it that ah, way. I get you. Mm-hmm. I get you. Wow. And you know what? I, I mean, don't know. Honestly, you... Tom, Go ahead. if I had known how much work this was going to be, I probably wouldn't have packed <laughs> Like, ignorance <That's>... is... <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it was not for naught, because it is a masterpiece. And uh, anybody who goes, and I, I, the reason I wanted to spend so much time on the how-to is, okay, so k- kids, you know, you don't have to go to the extent that, you know, Patricia did, but you certainly can experiment, and especially with some of the apps that exist today, oh, yeah. uh, especially some of the animation apps, you can do some amazing things yourselves. That's right. And you know what? Me being only in first grade when it comes to video editing, a lot of these kids are so far ahead of me. And, in fact, yeah. I met at a party after the, after the video was done who said, who asked me, how did you do blah, blah, blah. And I told him, he goes, oh, there was a much easier, faster way to do that. <laughs> hate those kids. Hate now those you kids. tell me. Why couldn't you tell me this a year ago? <laughs> exactly. Well, guess what? I was able to, with uh, my limited wizardry, to upload it. So let's hear the song. Is that okay? Sure. Okay, here we go. Three butterfly friends were flying in the sun. The first was yellow, red. The second one, the third was white. The three were having fun till the rain came down, then the fun was done. The three friends flew to a red and yellow flower. Can we stay with you an hour? We don't want to take a shower. But the flower said, I only like my kind, so you red and yellow ones, you can come inside. Butterfly friends said We don't want to be apart If we cannot be together It would hurt our hearts So they flew away Getting more and more upset They kept looking for a spot Out of the wet The three friends came to us And the white Please let us the white This rain is such a fright Well the lily said I only like my kind You other two are different So you must stay
brought back the sunny weather. The butterflies and turned their wet wings in the sun. Along with all the rain, all the sadness was done. So they danced among the flowers till they flew on home, where they found the door wide open and all were welcome. We keep the door wide open and all are Patricia She or Patricia She Three Butterfly, I forget. Um, but yeah, just 
just YouTube it and um, and if you like it, please leave a comment. Uh, you know, a happy comment, uh, not a not a. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, I can remember as a kid. I think it's such a great story because how many times, as a kid, especially as a kid, I, it, of course it happens in the adult world too. But you're just not allowed in. You're just not with the in crowd, and you can't come in. You know, that kid's after the you know after school to invited at so and so's place to play, and yeah. you're not allowed in. You yeah, know, I, and it's always a heartbreaker. And, you know, the thing that's really amazing is that you find as an adult when you're telling your kids, why didn't you invite this? Oh, they're no fun and this and that. And then when they do invite them or you've, they've been, their arms have been twisted a little bit, they do invite them. And all of a sudden, wow, she was great or he was great. And we had such a wonderful time, you know. So well, when you stay is, open. That is the nature of prejudice. Prejudice meaning prejudging, you know, yep. and people... Uh, prejudge other people on the most superficial qualities. Come on, race, religion, you know, uh, hair color, what you're wearing, you know, (laughs) it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Exactly, um, and right. But not only children need to hear this message, adults need to hear this message. Of course. All over the world. I think... yeah, I think yeah. when you get older in life, Patricia, don't you just kind of say, those people who don't want you around or I around, we just say, I don't want to be around you either. <laughs> oh, what else you know, can you say? Are you going to stand exactly. there and like Or try no, and enlighten right. them. I suppose you could do that if you have the time and say, you know, yeah. oh, just wait a second here. Uh, just hear me out. You know, no, you're not going to do that. You wish you could. But right. well, that's why art is so valuable. You know, you really to get into the hearts and minds of people gently because that's what's going to exactly. change Exactly. You're not going to come right. at them with her and you know change your mind. No, you're going to come at with them come to them with um love and patience. Velvet hammer. Well, yeah, okay. the velvet hammer, not the real hammer. <laughs> um, hey, listen, you want to take a little trip down a, a Bean Town? It's summer in Bean Town and uh you know, if you go up north they are in Bean Town. Get out of the city. You're going to come across a place where there's lots of water and lots of lobsters. And there's oh, a gentleman me? up there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, there's a gentleman up there named Al Al Bean, and he has a store. And they are open 24/7, 365 days a year. And you can get almost anything in there, except maybe a gallon of milk. <laughs> <laughs> But Al Al has got a great story. Let's go down and see what, uh, what he's, what, what's going on with Al Al. Hey there. Yeah, this is Uncle Al. That's right. Al Al Bean. Oh, just sitting here on a dock of the bay, looking out at the water. Yeah, looking at all them lobster boats, just going back and forth there, picking up all them lobsters for them lobster dinners. Just uh, want to let you know that just in case you want to try catching yourself a lobster, you're going to need a lobster trap. So come on by the store and buy yourself a trap and test your luck. Speaking of that, just the other day I was driving down a country road, come across a little sign that said, Lobster Tails, 25 cents. And I'm saying to myself, Al, that's a heck of a deal, 25 cents for a lobster tail. So I pull over, sure enough, the gentleman behind the counter. I said to him, hey, is that true? 
You got lobster tails for 25 cents? That's right. So I figure I'll splurge. I reach in my pocket, I take out 50 cents, and I said to him, okay, I'll take a couple. Well, takes my money, clears his throat, and says to me, once upon a time, there was these two lobsters. Well, there you go. It's what happens when you don't know the difference on how to spell tail. Evidently, you can spell it a couple of different ways. Well, that's my fault for not paying attention in school when they gave us all those spelling classes. Well, when something's too good to be true, sometimes it's just that. Well, this is Uncle Al, hoping to see you soon. Yeah, and don't be like your Uncle Al. Remember, use your bean. Don't go buying the wrong lobster tail. Poor, poor Al. <laughs> poor Al didn't get the lobster tail that he was looking for. Use your bean, trust your heart. Build your character in bean Yep, sometimes it's good to use your bean. Always. <laughs> yes. Now, do you ever get up to the coast? Of, I know you have just a great coastline down there in Long Island. Do you ever come up up north there and uh, <clears throat> check out the the the, the, the sea coast up there in Maine? I have uh, once, I think it was, um, been on the west coast from all the way from Seattle all the way down to uh, Mexico, as a matter of fact, and. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with the Maine coast, but the uh, West Coast is spectacular. Have you ever been? Yep. Oh yeah, it's just just brilliant. I did uh, didn't do that far, but I've done California from San Diego up to San Francisco, and it is absolutely spectacular. And then a little bit in Washington State, um, it is without a doubt. And there are parts of Maine that really rival that, especially up by. Acadia National Park up there, and uh, yeah, so it's uh, parts are very, very similar. Both, both of them, just gorgeous. Uh, 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 Tom, say Acadia National Park again, please. Acadia. Say the whole thing. Uh, yeah, Acadia National. Oh, I'll do it the main way. Acadia National Park. <laughs> That's what I thought you said. I love that. <laughs> You got to say, Pac. And speaking of amazing parts of the world, what can be more beautiful than the Rockies? And guess who's on our line? Catherine Dines. She returns after so long yes. in her absence. Catherine, I, hi. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Thomas. I've missed Bean Town so much. Oh, we've missed you. Yes, How hugs, hugs, you? hugs. We gotta have hugs. It's been too long. Yeah, what did so you So tell us what what have you been doing? Well, Where have been? I've been <laughs> right now. We haven't now, seen you around the park. <laughs> this morning, I went out to. Uh, I I live sometimes when I'm managing my parents' property up in Granby, Colorado, and um, it's been a big responsibility because there's lots of things to do on a ranch, like keep wow. cattle in or out, like make sure the ditches are clear of water so that the hay can be planted. It's, um, 
And and I'm not really a full time rancher, so everything is kind of <laughs> new to me. I'm 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 learning a lot. Let's just say that. Well, this is great material for kids. I mean, do you ride a horse to do the, some of this stuff? Oh, I wish I did. I would. I love to ride, but we don't have horses, unfortunately. But you what have is, the cattle. Uh, yeah. What yeah, about well? The cattle belong to our neighbors, and in in Colorado there is a law that if you own property and you want to keep cattle out, which you kind of do because they attract flies and lots of cow pies, (laughs) Beantown would love it. (laughs) Um, And anyway, you have to be super careful. You You are responsible for keeping cattle away which is kind of interesting. It's um, one of the few states that requires that. I think Wyoming is the other. Well, how about how about leashes? Leashes? <laughs> like, like... No, not leashes. 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 <laughs> oh, oh, are there any leash laws? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, do they put them on leashes? I don't... I'm not sure. If, would you spell that, Patricia? I'm not sure I can... can get that. <laughs> L E A S H E S leashes <laughs> like for a dog leashes right I, for a cow or cow for cow yeah <laughs> now you need to know how to rope them and ride them and and <laughs> tug them down and brand them and I mean it's the wild west I'm telling you. <laughs> And just buy it's like not... you just couldn't buy two hundred leashes and you know tie them up. <laughs> no, you know it's so one of the most interesting things about cattle is that they're one of the hardest things to herd. They're very easy when a big group, but if one gets away, they have special horses <laughs> called cutting horses. This is like it's... Thomas. You're just loving this, aren't you? Uh, I, well, it's kind of like men, isn't it? They're, they're hard to herd sometimes. <laughs> oh, I think. How about kids? I think they're hard to herd. <laughs> kids and cats. Cats are impossible. Right. Kids right. meaning not meaning baby goats. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what well, that sounds. Talking about the coast mines. Oh yeah, in the parks. In the parks. <laughs> and lobster tails. Did you hear about the lobster tail? No, I missed Al. Well, he poor Al went down the country road and he saw a sign said lobster tails, twenty five cents. And he said, boy, that's cheap for a lobster tail. And he came pulled over and walked up to the man behind the counter and said, is that true? You got lobster tails, twenty five cents. He said, that's right. He says I gave the man twenty five cents. Well, actually, he gave him fifty. I figured, hey, why why not splurge? They're that cheap. He took my money, put it in his little box there, and looked at me and said, once upon a time, there was two lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he got for not knowing how to spell. <laughs> Maybe we should all try that. What do you think? <laughs> well, and we have to learn how, how to spell leash today. This is, you know... <laughs> You know, and I'm supposed to be the comedian, but you two gals just went off on that one. That was a beautiful bit. I'm glad we got that recorded. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I'm trying, and, you know, I've seen all your videos, so even though we've never met in person and we've talked so many times, you know, I'm trying to imagine you, Catherine, chasing cows around. It just doesn't fit, you know I mean? I mean, oh, really? you're, you're fit. You're fit, but, I mean, you trucking through, you know, mud and grass and all of that, chasing a cow, I mean, just, uh, it's a tough one. <laughs> well, believe me, I'm a cowgirl at heart. I have a, a real part of me that just loves to get dirty and rake and dig and, you know, nice. be hardy. Now, Patricia, have you been to Colorado? You went out on the West Coast. Have you been to Colorado? No, and I'm dying to go. I'm dying well, to go it... with my friend Catherine and see the beautiful Rockies and to experience cattle because, you know, I thought they were like dogs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It's true. They, uh, I hear they're a lot bigger. <laughs> <laughs> they are a lot bigger. And I'll tell you what's really big are elk and moose. Oh, have you ever yeah. seen an elk, a male elk? Oh, yeah. We have, um, they're about to come into the rut, which is when they start uh, mating, and they make this absolutely exquisite <laughs> wild sound. It's like a, a, a high Like that? Uh, yep. Uh, not, it's more like a whistle. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Like finding me. Oh. Tom, you better be careful making those noises. That's all I can say. <laughs> Never know what'll come charging through the window here. That's right. That's right. That's yeah, not bad. But it's actually a sustained, very high whistle too that you can hear for miles around. Yeah, yeah, that one too. That's right. And there, and there. And their an- their antlers are covered right now with this this stuff called velvet, so it makes the bone look huge because the bone is being fed by these blood vessels, and the blood vessels are what the velvet is, and they're brown and kind of fuzzy, and so in the light they just and they're these huge antlers, like they call them six buys, which is six points on a side. And they're the most majestic, exquisite animal. They're just amazing. I wish so you could the see way them. they, yeah, the way they they throw their head is is magnificent. Mm-hmm. And you, you heard know that them? They, oh oh yeah. yeah, they're they're places. Um, we live this this place that I'm on is close to Rocky Mountain National Park, and they're protected there, of course. So, I every year there's these things called elk jams where Hundreds of cars, well, maybe not hundreds of cars, but a good 50 cars will line up and run over to see the elk in their majesty and, and listen to these sounds, and it's it's really exciting. It's a great part of the West, and I can't wait to have wait you and Stephen. Yeah. Well, Patricia, I want you to spell herd. Which herd did you mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. H-E-A-R-D or H-E-R-D? H-U-R-D. I thought you meant H-E-A-R-D. <laughs> to change the subject. 
<laughs> they're really hard to H E R D, correct? Yes. And they're even hard to get. <laughs> that is the spelling uh, that I was. <laughs> this has got to be one of the funniest shows we've ever done. <laughs> and it all started that, with a lobster tail. Is that what you heard? Is that what you heard? Careful how you heard them. <laughs> Took me all day to try to herd one. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe oh, the, boy. A, a shepherd. A, <laughs> oh. Yes, there you go. A German shepherd. But it wouldn't be a shepherd. It would be an elk herd. Yes, I like that. <laughs> With his little staff chasing his elk around the Rockies. <laughs> or a cow herd. Uh, yeah, cow well, herd. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, you know, they get dogs to do that, right? I mean, the little dog runs around and herds all the cows and... Man well, that part they, use, they use horses for herding cattle mostly, but they do also, they use, they have sheep herders, and they have these little mm-hmm. wagons, and they really do, because they're so small, they have to protect sheep um, a little bit more than they have to protect cattle, I think, because they're yeah, small. Yeah, I mean, coyote, right, a coyote would, could take down a sheep, but... Well, that's a lot of eating if he takes down a cow. <laughs> exactly. Now, what is the wagon for? The wagons where they live, um, they're these little sheep herder wagons. They're not that common anymore because people usually use, you know, ATV, little overland right. motorized vehicles. But the old ones were these little wagons pulled by a horse or um, a couple of cattle and or mules, and they would park them up on the ridge tops, and that's where the sheep herders would live uh, most of the summer and into the fall until they went back to market. You mean kind of like a covered wagon, like the pioneers used to use? Yeah, yeah. Only really little, teeny, just room for a bed and maybe a stove and a, um, yeah, really, really cool. Oh, uh, you know really when romantic. you when you first said wagon, I was picturing one of those. Red wagons that you pull? Yeah. <laughs> and like that. You know, sheep wouldn't. Like that. Boy, we, we, can, we can tell a new, who's the New Yorker here, can't we? <laughs> um, when it comes to, like, wildlife. Um, the, well, the wildest the, life we have here, like, are, are, are in the hoods. She is the the most verbal, um, communicative person I know. So she's never sheepish in her responses. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Now, in the old cowboy films, the sheep herders and the cowboys always never got along. Well, that's true because um, cattle and sheep have always been a big... um, They've always been a, in a Western battle. Yeah. Okay. Not the animals themselves. No, 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 <laughs> not the animals. I can see them duking it out. <laughs> that would be a, that would be a great deal, actually. 
know? I don't know if anybody's listening or anything, but they're missing a great show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never seen the the the, the, the sheep draw a, 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 a six shooter on a cow. <laughs> no. Oh. That's great. And and what's the reason? Tell us for for those who are listening and I think this is a great a great show for kids to learn about all this stuff. We went from from Maine, the coast of Maine, the coast west coast to Colorado. And why what I I think I know the answer, but tell tell us Catherine why the sheep herders and the cow boys didn't get along. Well, a lot a lot of it is because of the grazing land. Right, because um, she, uh, cattle require more grass because they're bigger. Mm-hmm. So right. um, in the homesteading days, people preferred not to have cattle on their land because they're pretty destructive, or can be more well, so right. than sheep. Why Is can't we? Why can't we just all get along? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're yeah. all like and we're all like sheep and we have both parts. You think that would be really easy, don't you? You haven't even mentioned you haven't even mentioned the wolves and the coyotes. That really gets ugly. Oh yeah. <laughs> the jets and the sharks. Now those are exactly. you know. <laughs> Well I I took some uh, very ecologically minded people fishing once and I'm a catch and release guy. I mean I catch them and let them go and they were horrified that this hook, you know, went in the, the fish's mouth. And, you know, doesn't that hurt them? And I said, probably. I said, I doubt it. I mean, they're pretty tough, you know, with the... I said, but, you know, if you're really worried about the fish, I said, you should see what they do to each other. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is mild. They don't catch each other and let them go. <laughs> it's not a game to them. <laughs> Oh, wonderful stuff. I'm stuck on this visual about cattle and sheep because cattle are so much bigger. Right. Right. Right, and that's the whole point. The sheep would... No no contest there. (laughs) 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 Well, and their whole nature is kind of docile anyway. You don't never see a sheep going around looking for a fight. Uh, is that true, Catherine? <laughs> Say that again. Is it true that, that sheep? Yeah, go ahead, Patricia. Ask her. That sheep no. wouldn't go around looking for a fight. What about about boy sheep? <laughs> no. Well, it's probably the same thing. You know, these animals all get pretty wild when it's time to mate. Right? <laughs> Just like like a good old Western bar, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I mean, for the most part, I mean, I don't mean to go someplace I shouldn't go. I've learned in the last few weeks, but... You know, the 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 female of the species just gets to watch the stupid men beat the crap out of each other trying to trying to you know mate. It's really amazing. You know, from elk to I mean, look what those guys do. Wow, talk about being being aggressive. Woof. Yeah, <clears throat> this is like a nature show, isn't it? Yeah. Turning <laughs> yeah. a lot, kids. Yeah. <laughs> 
Do you see why it's fun to let these shows take a life of their own? <laughs> Who could have you predicted know, I, this? Um, I think I made a mistake. I think I said that the cattle ate more grasses, but the sheep actually made ate, ate, depleted the grasses. I'm, I'm sorry if I made that error. How's, and, that, how's that possible? Well, I think they just graze more on grass, um, and also they were brought in after cattle. So they sort of started grazing on grass that was owned by cattle ranchers, and it was it was um, that was kind of interesting. I thought, I think I just I made yeah, that there. Right, and I Plus heard too eat, that the sheep will eat will eat the roots, will eat real deep. Mhm. Well, I have a solution. This is going to this is going to bring peace to the to cattle and sheep ranches. You want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. First of all, you got to put them cows on leashes. Oh. Second of all, you got to feed the sheep sheep food and don't let them eat grass. And how are you going to spell that sheep food? C-H-E-A-P or S-H-E-E-P? <laughs> oh, boy. That's a piece in the valley. You know, speaking of food, did anybody by happen to hear um, Sylvia Earle talking yesterday? She's a wonderful deep-sea um, environmentalist. She's a National Geographic diver. She is kind of a specialist in, well, she's a National Geographic Explorer, which means she has, she's worked for them for years and has a ton of information. Can anybody hear her segment on what fish we should be eating because we're depleting our oceans of fish? Can anybody hear that? If we're depleting our oceans of fish, we shouldn't be eating any of them. No, we shouldn't. (laughs) There are fish. can eat that are primarily vegetarians, and those would be, I think she said tilapia was a good uh, fish choice. I hate tilapia. Right. I, I do know. Too. hate it. Well, why, you mean the fisher are vegetarians? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. You gals have been holding back. I mean, if, if you've always been this funny, why are you just starting now? <laughs> I'm wait, wait, I'm Catherine. Catherine, what did you say about tilapia? I just said that um, she said that they, it was a safe food choice if you were going to eat fish because it didn't. A lot of the fish, like salmon, that everybody loves and knows, um, are actually not vegetarian. And so consequently, they, in order to grow salmon, you have to feed them a a meat or fish-based diet. Cause they're that's it. Of- that's the solution. You feed the <laughs> salmon. There you go. <laughs> hey, guys. I hope you don't cross over in the comedy because I can't take the competition. You stay with the music, will you? <laughs> I didn't realize you were being funny, Patricia, did you? <laughs> 
I'm totally enjoying this. This is really authentic. I just oh, want to know. Goodness. Now, well, well, thank you for. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just thanking you for all this information, all this stuff I never knew. Well, I, <laughs> you're, you're the miss. I bet you you would tell me a million things that I don't know about. I don't know New York and. No, I know nothing California. about. California. I know nothing about anything. You all know a lot about everything, I think. Well, you certainly know about video, video, videography and, and oh, butterflies. Oh, boy, have you seen her new video? Isn't it fabulous? Fantastic. Three butterflies. Do not miss this video. Oh, thank you, guys. Fantastic. Really yep. lovely, really great piece of work, great concept, great content, excellent message. Yep. Timely. <clears throat> can't say enough. Oh, thanks. All right. Very well, yeah, it's kind of like our discussion that the, the cows don't want the sheep in their place and the sheep don't want the cows in their place. And exactly. I'm going to say yeah. that, the, you know, this is a very timely uh, discussion, yes. a timely topic for discussion, especially what's going on on our borders and what's going on in other parts of the world, that every single human being on the planet should, um, you know, listen to the message and, uh, exactly. you know, and Beantown is going to be one of the conduits. To, to yes, spread. absolutely. We're going to get there, we, and we're going to do it through using our bean and trusting our heart and following our guts and all of that. Hey, let's do I, And all that esoteric stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, none of the, Boy, we did. We get esoteric today. I think uh, God bless him wherever he is right now. I think he's traveling into Rome. He, but we hope he comes back uh, soon. But uh, yeah, Enzo would would really give me a beating over this esoteric thing. <laughs> it's so esoteric. Oh, I mean, we're... Cows and elk. Yeah, you I know, mean, before that's... we go down to Bean Town, we got a great story today in Bean Town. But. Um, I, I have to say that, you know, the high elevation areas are just majestic and gorgeous, but some of the times that I've spent in the lowlands out there are just, I mean, beyond belief, gorgeous in the ranches and the backwoods. And, um, you know, I, my daughter lived in Crested Butte for a while. Oh, she did. That's why you know it so well. Yeah. Well, she she's... <laughs> well, you know... This is a this. Let's get esoteric <laughs> for just for okay. a short while. My daughter. The reason that I am so so embedded in the use your heart, use it, use your being, trust your heart concept is <clears throat> my daughter, who I'm so proud of, is, is a wildflower. I'm kind of a crazy wildflower, but nothing like what I did. Uh, you know, I, I she she took it to the next level. So she's. I introduced her to things like skiing and good food, et cetera, as a kid. And we skied a lot in the Northeast. And uh, so um, she decided that she has always been great in theater and drama, et cetera, that she would go to, to drama school, which she did. Right. And she uh, was never a student. She was always, before they could categorize it as ADD, they always said that, well, she kind of has a neurological. She's so smart, but she doesn't excel in school. But yet, if she reads a book, she can quote passages and and apply it in amazing ways. Well, make a long story short, she decides at uh, the age of 18 that she's going to, I'm paying for her college, 
at a drama school where she's taking dance and singing <laughs> and acting and she and writing and she says I don't want to do it anymore and I'm like let me get this straight I'm paying you for your schooling to 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 play and you don't want to do it anymore and she says right and I said I don't get it it's what you've always no I just don't so at the time uh, we were both going to counseling together to try to get along, <laughs> as any parent should with a teenager. I said, well, so I called her counselor, and I said, we got a problem. This kid wants to drop out of school. She says, okay, we'll handle it. So a Ph.D., you got to imagine, a Ph.D. in psychology. I have a master's degree, an advanced degree, not in psychology, but in the social sciences. And, you know, and she and the the, the um the the counselor and I the both have probably at least thirty years on a, in life experience, so we sit her down in the office and for an hour we just go back and forth. You know, if you stay in school, you'll make more money. If you stay in school, you'll have better relationships. If you stay in school, if you quit now, you won't go back. Blah blah blah. Years down the road, you're going to be so thankful you did this. And my little girl. <clears throat> just smiled <laughs> and her head went back and forth as each one of us basically beat her up i mean verbally about <laughs> why it was so urgent to go back <clears throat> at the end of the hour she she didn't speak the whole hour she just looked and smiled <laughs> and she said at the end we said well and she looked at us and she said well i have to tell you that was amazing <laughs> you were both of you are absolutely 100% correct. I can't argue one thing that you all said about <clears throat> being the right choice now, and I won't go back, and I'll make more money, and probably have better relationships, blah, 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 blah. She says, no argument. And so we both smiled, the counselor and I, and smiled at her and said, good. So you're going back, right? She said, no. <laughs> And both of us looked at each other defeated and asked her, why not? And I'll never forget the moment. She just looked at the both of us and looked us right in the eye, and she got real quiet. And she said, it's just not in my heart. Oh, wow. <laughs> and wow. and a, a Ph.D. in psychology and a master's degree in the social sciences and all the life experience <laughs> looked at each other and were speechless. <laughs> and... After that, we just, we had no, what can you say to that? <laughs> you can't say one thing, and what's amazing is what's the story, where is she now? Oh, she's in San Diego now. She went through, well, it, I, so I came home, and I knew that with her family history, that if she were allowed to, if I, if she just thought that she was going to stay in my house and and have her room and board paid for and whatever, be relaxed. I knew that she could very quickly go down the wrong road. <clears throat> so I said to her, well, I really appreciate your heart story and all of that, but I said, do you now have a month to get out of this house <laughs> and get a job and find a place to live? I said, because if I can't send you to a well-heeled um, you know, university to learn drama, I said, I've got to teach, send you to the other school, the only one I know that may be the best thing for you, and that's the school of hard knocks. And so she, you know, is obviously upset, but I said, or oh, you can move back with your mother. <laughs> <laughs> and she, and she, I, she, I knew the answer to that one. Well, 
two years later, she and it broke my heart to see her leave my house and live with a bunch of other kids and in the worst places I could imagine. And she was working for five dollars an hour in the Gap and wherever and cafes or whatever. And she had a new job and a new place to live almost every month. And it would kill me, but I was sticking to my guns. And two years later, she came to me and said, give me a ride to South Station, which is the um, big railway station here in Boston. And I said, where are you going? She goes, I'm going to um, uh, Boulder. And I said, Colorado? She goes, yeah. I said, who are you going with? She goes, me. I said, what do you got? She's got a backpack and a bike. And I said, who are you going? This is the pre-internet days. And she says, I wrote and got a newspaper out there. I found some kids. Three kids have got a place, and I'm going to live with them. I got a, gave them first and last month and rent. And I said, got a job? She goes, no, I'll get a job in a week. And I said, how much money you got? She goes, I got $200. <laughs> wow. So I reached in my pocket. I gave her another couple of hundred dollars. I stood at the platform, and I watched the train leave the station. And I cried like a baby. Watching my baby at the age of 20 head out to Colorado by herself, and she's never been back except for visits. And um, she's the freest spirit I know, and she's had the most beautiful of lives. She's um, she's we lived in I mean majestic places. I mean, what gets prettier than Crested Butte and and Vale? Mm. And, I mean, and, wow. And so that's uh, that's why I'm so big about trusting your heart. Yeah, yeah. And well, she's happy. Right? I am going to have oh, to say. Oh, every day. I am going to have yeah. to say bye. And I love that story. I'm running out of battery, and I'm running out the door. So have a wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, Patricia. So much fun. <clears throat> bye. Thank you. Bye. We'll do bye. this again. Thank you so much. Congrats on the video. Thank you. Bye bye. Hi, Patricia. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that's why I know. I mean, when I was in Crested Butte, I don't know. I, I I can't think of a more. There are places as beautiful, but I I mean, just surrounded by those fourteen thousand foot peaks, and you're, you know, on the other side of Aspen, and you're just. She got married out there, and um, I, I never saw anything more beautiful. She had the, married outside, and all you could see was these horses, herds of horses running. Oh, yeah, so beautiful. So, are you a grandfather now? Do you have babies? Not with her, with my other daughter, who is not nearly the the wild child that she is, but still has carved her own way. Um, Another miraculous story. She uh, she's a sculptor, and 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 I'll tell this because you know it kind of fits in with that esoteric stuff that we talk about. But she's (laughs) <laughs> so I have a daughter who who didn't want to study and got when I asked her about her report cards I'd say her grades she, I would always get did you get your grades from college and it'd be like ah no they haven't mm. uh, they haven't sent them yet <laughs> what do you mean it's, you're in, it's the end of the second semester what do you mean they didn't send them yet I you know I says well I want to see them okay I'll go down and ask and it would go through this every week and then <laughs> finally she said, ah, I didn't pass anything, and I got all incomplete. <laughs> oh, wow. So <clears throat> my other daughter calls me and says, Jen, I, I got a B. <laughs> I 
I got a B. <laughs> and it ruined my grade point average. I only have a 3.8 now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And, and I'm howling, thinking, what a contrast, huh? <laughs> oh, amazing. And, uh, that, and my daughter, I, you know, believe in, you know, what you think about sometimes comes about. And so I wish because she's a sculptor and she studied at uh, Rhode Island uh, School of Art, <clears throat> RISD of Design, Rhode Island School of Design, and would hope to, that she, she worked for an internet. School. Yeah, That's it's just amazing. School. Yeah, and she uh, she worked for an international artist and was ma- basically managing him and everything, and uh, all of a sudden the job ended, and I was I had been down on Martha's Vineyard and went to a sculptor's uh, place who had been there for 30, 40 years, and he had this gorgeous farm, and he was selling his pottery. And I said, boy, if there's anything that I would like for my daughter, it would be that. And as it all turned out, she ended up coming into some money unexpectedly and ended up buying a place in New York that was exactly next to a sculpture museum. (laughs) And wow. she is now the she's now the curator of that museum. <laughs> oh, that's so great! Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, you just when destiny decides to uh, to work its way through, it really is. You know, there's no real explanation of how things happen. So, oh, that is so, so but I love your state. I just love Colorado. Just uh, I think of all of the states that are not on the coast. That's the only one I think I could tolerate because of the the magnificence of the mountains and um you know everything else about it and the people well, beautiful people <laughs> it's pretty awesome i i um it's hard to leave and oh my oh, god you couldn't how could so you? quickly there's like um probably 12 cranes where i live in denver within a mile radius, building these giant Gungas condos. Oh. And you know what part of it is? It's the Colorado's legalized pot. And oh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, boy, just, oh, just what you need is, I'm not that there's, I'm not going to take a political stand on any of it, but, wow, a bunch of potheads. <laughs> well, <laughs> wow. It's, oh. it's amazing, the numbers of young people moving here, and, there was a whole uh, magazine called 5280, which is basically highlights Denver and kind of around the region. And the last issue sort of profiled seven people that have made millions already oh, in the pot industry, either as a yep. grower, as a pharma, pharma, um, pharmaceutical, right. Seller, uh, as a seller, as a distributor, it's just unreal. Well, you know, when I see uh, CMNers, and we should probably plug CMN, which is I'll let you do that, so that our listeners hear what CMN is all about. Hmm. I would love to because, do that. Yeah, go ahead. Because I got a story. You know what I find interesting, and um, I think it's one of those esoteric things. <laughs> We have license to talk about with someone, out someone blowing a soft slide whistle, and we think we've talked too long. <laughs> <laughs> so, go ahead, tell us who's about CNN. 
Well, Children's Music Network is an amazing network of individuals that are all very um, defined in who they are and all very involved in trying to make a better place in the world for children through music. And there are our members are music therapists and librarians and parents and teachers and musicians and songwriters. So it's a really wonderful bunch of people from all over the country. Um, I'm going to say primarily East Coast based because that's where it started and just from the density of the population. But um, it's just a fabulous group of people and if you need to talk about thing that you want to talk about in today's kid biz, it's really, I think, the place to go. Um, it's it's really very heartful people. Very right, um, exactly. You know, well, look at you, you know, guys. Look at the fun. Look at the great fun we had today. What I, you know, and I say this over and over again. I when I make a post to CMN or when I ever ever have anybody, I am shocked by the level of professionalism. I mean, as we saw uh-huh. with, at all levels. I mean, we we saw what Patricia was able to do with video. And but you know, your songwriting, your ability to play the instruments, the ability to to you know recruit like you do. I mean, like when we play Hey Sam, and you have Reba McIntyre's lead guitarist step into the studio. <laughs> I mean, that's that's impressive stuff, Catherine. You know, wow. so the, the, the level of one. So if anybody out there is thinking they're hearing children's music, and thinking that it's anything that's a cut below what is done on any level in music, you're wrong because it is of the highest quality. Oh, well, there's some amazing artists today, too, that are really producing some very hip-sounding music that, you know, it's really right for the Gen X generation, and, and it's um, yep. it's not necessarily that I'm a proponent of heavy rock for kids, but... Um, because I'm really not. I think, you know, nine, eight, eight, that sort of begins at the age of seven. But prior to yep. that, I'm really convinced that conceptually and developmentally kids need mm, a little bit, a little bit more calm. Oh, absolutely. You know, just so they can experience the world on their own terms and not get so overstimulated. But that's just, that's just my take in my years of research. Well, you know, I, I, so this is great, and again, why I love our format, which is freewheeling sometimes. I was on YouTube late last night looking for, I forget what, but anyway, I came across this cute little, I think, or maybe it was somebody sent me a link, and it was a great thing of uh, babies in cars waking mm-hmm. up to their favorite song. Have you seen any of these? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, there's well, I mean, they... But, yeah, but they, you know, the kid will be sound asleep and on the radio or whatever if the person puts in a CD or something, on comes their favorite song. And these kids are up, wake up in a second and they start dancing and they've got all the facial movements and they're infants. And yeah. you can see that they love this music. And, and I'm with you on, you know, overstimulating them and over, but it shocked me. That some of them, like gang, gangman style, I mean, they're listening to, and, you know, again, I don't want to judge the music, but 
I'm just like, wow, I would never think that that would even appeal to a kid, but it does. Well, I think, you know, it's just like uh, as us as adults, there's some music that appeals to babies, you know, to certain babies that doesn't. Some certain kinds of music, some genres of music have a wider appeal to some babies than another. And it's just all up to the taste buds of the brain. And, yeah. um, you know, you can, you can do the same thing with plants. Or apparently sharks like rock and roll, according to this guy. <laughs> so he plays like nine-inch nails and, you know, he's playing all this yeah, right. heavy-duty rock and roll, which apparently makes them uh, more friendly, less aggressive. Now, wow, I mean, I don't know. I really believe that you can create a study that comes out yeah, whatever exactly. you want it to, you know? Yep. I think it's pretty hard yep. to be neutral because, I mean, just look at just look at medicine today, Thomas. I mean, wow. I've got two well, friends exactly. right now. They both have the same kind of cancer, and they're both being treated in completely different ways based yep. on their gen- genetics and their body type, blood types, and you just go, wow, the diversity in our human selves. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that's the yeah, same thing I, that applies to music. Yeah, well, again, I mean, you know, if you know anything about, I, I like to read about spirituality and quantum physics and the relationship, and, you know, they've proved that the the experimenter determines the outcome <laughs> right, many times. Right, right. Yeah. And, so, you know, that's what, I guess that's what I wanted to talk with you about today is since this kind of programming is you following your heart and you being so amazing to just put it out there into the world, you know, you're going to find as many people that are proponents as are naysayers about what you're doing yep. and you just have to yep. keep on, Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think, well, here, let's have some fun. Let's let's hear Arnold talk about the naysayers. Here we go. This okay. is fun. I don't know if you've heard this. Now, of course, people ask me all the time. They say to me, "What is the secret to success?" The first rule is trust yourself. And what I mean by that is, is so many young people are getting so much advice from their parents, from the teachers, from everyone. But what is most important is that you have to dig deep down, dig deep down and ask yourself, who do you want to be? Not what, but who. And I'm talking about not what your parents and teachers want you to be, but you. I'm talking about figuring out for yourselves what makes you happy, no matter how crazy it may sound to the people. So rule number one is, of course, trust yourself, no matter how what anyone else thinks. And of course, rule number two is break the rules. We have so many rules in life about everything. I say break the rules, not the law, but break the rules. It is impossible to be a maverick or a true original if you're too well behaved and don't want to break the rules. You have to think outside the box. That's what I believe after all. What is the point of being on this earth if all you want to do is be liked by everyone and avoid trouble? The only way that I ever got any place was the breaking some of the rules. Which of course brings me to rule number three. Don't be afraid to fail. Anything I've ever attempted, I was always willing to fail. You can't always win, but don't be afraid of making decisions. 
You can't be paralyzed by fear or failure, or you will never push yourself. You keep pushing because you believe in yourself and in your vision, and you know that it is the right thing to do, and success will come, so don't be afraid to fail. Which brings me to rule number four, which is don't listen to the naysayers. I mean, how many times have you heard that you can't do this, and you can't do that, and it has never been done before? As a matter of fact, I love it when someone says, no one has ever done this before, because then when I do it, that means that I'm the first one that has done it. So pay no attention to the people that say it can't be done. You gotta love it, ladies and gentlemen. You gotta love it, it's gotta be what you are supposed to do. You wanna sing, even though they wanna invite you to Carnegie Hall, you gonna sing to anybody that listens to you, including singing to yourself. You gotta write, even if no one published your book, write because that was given to you to do. You do what it is you're supposed to. You're supposed to build something, you're supposed to create something. I don't know how to do it, learn. Do whatever is required. It's necessary, if you want it, you gotta go into action. You gotta be willing to experiment. You gotta be willing to fail and to succeed. You gotta be willing to form and to develop new relationships. It's you, it's on you, you gotta make that happen. Nobody's gonna bring it to you on a civil platter and say, here's your dream manifested. No, it's hard, yes it's hard. It's difficult, that's right, and it's worth it. And that brings me to rule number five, which is the most important rule of all. Work your butt off. You never want to fail because you didn't work hard enough. I never wanted to lose a competition or lose an election because I didn't work hard enough. I always believed leaving no stone unturned. Muhammad Ali, one of my great heroes, had a great line in the 70s when he was asked, how many sit-ups do you do? He said, I don't count my sit-ups. I only start counting when it starts hurting. When I feel pain, that's when I start counting because that's what makes you a champion. That's the way it is with everything. No pain, no gain. Whatever it takes, I would do. That's the answer I want to help you. And if you do not see it, and if you do not believe it, who else will? That takes me to rule number six. Whatever path that you take in your life, you must always find time to give something back. Something back to your community, give something back to your state or to your country. Remember those six rules. Trust yourself, break some rules, don't be afraid to fail, ignore the naysayers, work like hell, and give something back. <laughs> so that kind of sums it up, man. <laughs> A little esoteric and maybe a little BS, but we like it. <laughs> we love it. We love it. Hey, Catherine, this this computer is going to run out of battery. Why don't you give us a, wrap it up for us here? What what what? Uh... Well, how about my song? All you have to do is try. Do you have that? Exactly. And uh, in case we got shut off, you know, I noticed what I wanted to say before about some of the CMNers worrying about the transitions that are happening in music, that it isn't the way it used to be. And, yeah, because things are very disruptive now, but they're also more creative than they've ever been. So 
we have to, you know, either we're going to, there's a great book called Who Moved My Cheese, where you can either complain that the cheese has been moved, or be like the rat in the maze who now has decided there's no more cheese, and he's off and going down the maze looking for the cheese that they moved. And, exactly. you know, I think that's right. So we got to stop, stop complaining that there's no cheese because there's no cheese and go get, go get wherever it is now because it is somewhere. It is somewhere. You're exactly right. So, Thomas, it's been so great speaking with you. Yeah. I, I uh, um, hope that um, we can do this again real soon. Yeah, it's always a blast. You guys were hysterical today, better than anything I could have possibly played on on, on a comedy line. It was just a terrific thing. And, and kids got to travel to Colorado and hear about sheep and elk and, and, and the cattle and uh, and all of the majesty that uh, where you where you live. So thank you so much, Catherine. Thanks, everyone who listened. And uh, please call us sometime. Our number is 347-996-3903. And Hunk Tabunkta, H-U-N-K-T-A-B-U-N-K-K-T-A. Hunk Tabunkta is the website, right, Catherine? Right, Thomas. And if anybody wants to see a sheep wagon, there's one in the video that Patricia did for me called Read a Book. I'm sitting on oh, yeah. Steph's sheep wagon. Great. Great. Thanks well, so again, much. thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. And uh, please come back soon. And every, every Saturday, you're more than invited. Thank you, Catherine. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And I just want to, I, 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 come on, where are you? I uploaded this this morning, and I want to play it because it's so much fun to, to end the show with this. <laughs> Oh, where did you go? I just, you know, I start to see these things, and then all of a sudden, they they disappear. But let's get it. I, I I'm I'm determined. Yeah, I'm probably either going to run out of battery, or um, I'm going to do. There we go. There we go. There we go. Thanks so much. That's it.